and welcome to the Passenger Seat Podcast, a podcast designed to fill your passenger seat with chat about classic cars, all recorded from my 1968 Morris Minor Peggy. I'm Becca and today I'm just taking Peggy out for a drive because I've not actually been out in her this week. Uh, I'm working from home for the beginning of January and so it's meant that she's kind of been tucked away for the week and I just really missed it. So I wanted to get out and give her a bit of a run and also uh, just pop out of the house as well and give myself a bit of a change of scenery for the weekend. My quirk of classic car ownership for you today is that whilst the classic car scene can be really friendly and really lovely, there's also some not so nice aspects of it as well and some of those is what I'm gonna unfortunately want to address today um, so hopefully you're here to kind of interact with my discussion about it and also maybe share some of your own experiences enjoy their new car well new to them car obviously um, to a local enthusiast that they'd heard about who was quite clever in terms of uh, the type of car that they bought and was asking for a bit of advice um, they were a young owner of a classic car and they were looking to kind of get a little bit of help and advice about uh, some issues that they kind of spotted with their new purchase so they'd heard about uh, this guy, so they'd taken their car along to them. And rather than kind of help, advice and guidance, which is what they'd gone for, they'd come back with a list as long as your arm of all these things that this enthusiast thought was kind of wrong with their car. And said that if I was going to help you with your car, I'd have to do everything uh, to it. And Unfortunately, being a, a young owner who just obviously put out probably quite a bit of money for the car, as well as quite a bit of money for insurance, what they wanted to do was kind of make slow and gradual improvements to things as they could and when they can afford. And that's generally what a lot of kind of young owners actually uh, are, are looking to do because you can't afford to do everything all at once uh, when you're just starting out in this. And the kind of list of things that this guy had left my friend with was a long list of uh, basically making the car exceptionally perfect. And it wasn't necessary, really. Um, even even like having seen the car myself now, it, there was lots of things that were on that list of, of things to do that my friend didn't need to do because actually the, the paintwork, for example, that was brought up was uh, perfectly all right and actually the original paintwork so it was only going to be original once and I've been kind of fortunate actually that whilst Peggy's got a few flaws with her any of the kind of garages and things that I've taken her to is have been kind of quite friendly and helped me with what I needed to do um, or anyone that I've asked for advice have been quite good in terms of just helping me with the thing that I'm asking for 
but I know that some of that is because I've been steered clear of a few local classic garages that would do the, the kind of, oh well, it needs to have this and this and this and everything done before I'd kind of let it go out of here again, um, which is a real shame because I'm of the opinion that these sorts of attitudes is contributing to a lot of what might kill the classic car industry. Like I've said, some of these people that kind of have these small little issues with their cars are going to be the young owners, which we've talked about before and you've probably seen endless conversations about, uh, being the ones that we're struggling to kind of not only get in but, but keep in the classic car scene. But also they might just be new people. Some people might be in the car that they've dragged out of their, their parents' or their grandparents' garage not that long ago. Uh, to the to kind of try and gradually get back on the road because they've got all these lovely memories of this car and they they want to kind of relive some of those memories or they want to start out with this car that they've got this attachment to and these sorts of cars aren't going to be perfect but also if you're new to it you're going to need to kind of gradually get help and and information and things to help you out with with getting that car to uh, a usable standard at first and, and then seeing where you kind of want to go from there. And uh, you see, I'm not here to say that I wouldn't, uh, as much as anybody, stand at a show and admire an absolutely perfect um, and um, flawless car that's got the faces of everyone who's looking at it reflected in its its immaculate paintwork and its non-pitted chrome work because those cars obviously took a lot of work they're very deserving of a lot of attention but equally I think the classic car scene needs to also think about the cars that have got the, the stories and the, um, the, the kind of the little bits and tweaks wrong with them, the scars are being driven daily, for example, um, because those cars are equally important. The, the thing that I like to think about is, yes, that shiny car is going to look absolutely beautiful at the show, but that's possibly the only place that it's going to go that week or that, that month, maybe, um, is to a show and sometimes on the back of a trailer. But myself, or other daily drivers or other people that perhaps use their car as a bit of fun on a weekend or things like that they're the cars that are going to be seen more regularly by people who perhaps aren't in the classic car scene the amount of kids that wave and smile at my car when I drive to work past I think I go past like three schools and these are all kind of really important to kind of embedding the memory of these cars in, in other people's eyes as well as people that are already interested in uh, cars. It's also kind of encouragement for that person who perhaps sees your car out on a weekend and remembers that car that they know is buried in their parents or grandparents garage and they think well actually I could get it out and I could enjoy that car as well. And so it's really important to be kind of supportive to everyone and the attitudes that I've seen and I've heard from various people about kind of cars needing to be perfect, be immaculate or don't take your car out in winter because of this and this that will happen to it well yes but also I think 
think a really important thing to think about is that there's a lot of stuff attacking the, the classic car scene at the moment. We've got all this discussion about kind of going greener, we've got all this discussion about E10 and, and petrol changing and things like that. Um, and it's not going to get any easier by any means for classic car owners. Uh, just last week I was speaking about the future of uh, transport regulatory review, which is another thing that's going to impact our, our cars. And really we need to be banding together and working harder as a, as a collective rather than uh, kind of missing out people because oh their car's not perfect or because their car's modified that's another area that you've, we've seen in the past modified and customs perhaps being relegated to separate parts of a show or separate things there are elements of this starting to happen in uh, the classic car scene i know that some shows do kind of trophies like wreck of the rally and things like that but um, it's also kind of important I think to maybe acknowledge some of those in the the more middle ground those cars that are perhaps daily driven or uh, used more frequently or aren't kind of perfect but are, are living a life or are still showing the kind of history of themselves on their paperwork or on their kind of um, chrome work and things like that. Another kind of anecdote along these lines that I think is quite unfortunate is that there was a show that I heard about um, that had been kind of long fought for happening in the centre of uh, uh, a city so that like kind of everyone would be passing by and there'd be this lovely display of cars and it had been really long fought for um, and there was kind of limited space so I can see somewhat why organisers might think well let's get the absolute best cars that we can to really showcase what kind of the classic car scene can offer in terms of beautiful cars and things to a city but actually I feel that uh, a non-car show event like that that's happening where you're going to have regular folk kind of walking past and showing an interest in having a look around the cars it's even more important to have a few of the cars that are perhaps more realistic as starter cars because if somebody goes to an event like that or unintentionally walks past the car then they're going to see all these beautiful immaculate cars and think that's the only car that's kind of welcome in that situation so that they're going to go home and they might go on facebook marketplace they might go on auto trader and they might a look up how much it is for them to own a car that's that immaculate and think well that's well out of my league so that's not something that's going to be doable or they're going to look at what they kind of can afford and then think well it's going to be years before I get any support or help or interest from other people in the classic car scene for my, for my car so actually I'm not sure it's worth the effort and the time 
So having perhaps a few more realistic cars at these sorts of events that are going to draw in the public and things. That's why, as much as I love going to Casa Car specific shows, I really like taking Peggy to kind of local fairs and things like that. Um, so that, as well as kind of the beautiful shiny cars that come out for those sorts of events, there's a car that perhaps uh, people have seen locally. There was a local kind of little fair show in Whistlesea not that long ago. And that's a, a little town that I drive through quite frequently. And actually, I was stood by kind of Peggy a little bit further away talking to a friend of mine. And whilst I was stood there, I heard uh, some kids actually come up and point at my car and say, oh, that's the one that we always see drive through. Because she's got her kind of distinctive wheels and, and she was actually one of, she was the only Trafalgar Blue Morris Minor there actually, which is sometimes quite unusual for uh, a Trafalgar Blue Morris Minor. Um, and that meant that they kind of got this almost affinity of this car that they saw quite regularly drive through perhaps on their walk to or from school and um, they were really pleased to see it kind of out and about at a, a show and actually have a proper good look at it and that was really quite a, a special moment for me to have her kind of recognised in that way. some bubbling and all sorts really happening and I'm not worried in the same way that I was about kind of being scared to use her if damage could happen.
today's podcast has been a little bit rambly but I hope you've been able to kind of grasp some of my thoughts and understandings about this uh, topic and maybe it's made you think a little bit about uh, maybe how you perceive cars that you see at shows or you've also got a story maybe about when you've also been treated differently because of how your car looks and things at shows. I'd love to hear from you in the comments about any of that and I'll be back again next week so make sure you're either following if you're listening to the audio or subscribed if you're listening on YouTube. Drive safely and happy motoring!